I'm not complaining in any way, shape, or form. Phoenix Suns go to Los Angeles. Last game of a four-game road trip and win. I didn't expect it to happen. I don't think you as a Jamster probably expected it to happen. But then you hear that everybody's out in this game, right? Devin Booker's playing, but DA's out. Paul George is out. Kawhi Leonard's out. Reggie Jackson's out. Avica Zubak, he's out. Luke Kennard is out. But Matthew, I think you said it best. Sometimes you got to freak a one to feel like a 10 again. And we <laughs> yeah, that's, a the best, that's the best way to put it, right? I mean, you just got to get yourself back in the game somehow. It was a little slippery tonight, though, just a little bit there in the third quarter. But the Suns were okay. They stood on it. They stayed on top of them. And uh, I don't care. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here late tonight. It's going to be midnight by the time we're done. At mm-hmm. least the Suns won. If this was a loss, oh, there's painful. no pod tonight. I know we say that all the time, but there is no pod. For no, sure. the, no, we we have a five minute pod. We go Suns lost to get the fuck out of here. But <laughs> yeah. no, I mean tonight I, again. It doesn't matter how you get a dub. I don't know why they decided to sit literally everybody. And, but I'll take a slump buster. That was a slump yeah. buster. It was set up, and there would have been nothing worse given the state of the Suns in the month of December to have them go out and play a team with guys like last name diabetes. You had uh, Preston, just diabetes. a bunch of guys you you, you have no di- – the diabetes. <laughs> a bunch of guys you just don't know out there playing. And had the Phoenix Suns struggled, Suns Twitter is already a dark place. Suns fans are already in a little bit of a freakout mode. It's been a long time since we've lost five consecutive games. So knowing that they came out tonight, didn't look great at times. We'll talk about some of the opportunities. but other But some players stepped up. We'll talk about some of their successes, but a great win for the Phoenix Suns. And again, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to enjoy this one because, man, we needed this one. Yeah, and I love having players on our team that just want to play. I mean, Chris Paul could be sitting out. Devin Booker could take one more game off. Mm -hmm. No, these guys, this is what they're paid to do. That's what Booker said a couple games ago, you know, after going off, I forget, against who. And he's just like, that's what I'm paid to do, dude. I'm, And that's literally it. He's just paid to go out there and play. And to play that way. Yes. And it's good to have him back. It was a fun game to watch. So welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network. Whether you're hanging out with us live on YouTube or watching this later on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button while you're here. If you're listening to this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review, which means you rate it five. You write down something in the comments. We'll read it right here on the pod. It's worth it. Tell us what you think about slump busters. Tell us about your biggest slump that you busted. Go just tell us. We'll read it. We'll read it. We'll do it right here for you. But plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast as we move to 17 and 12 on the season. Finally get a dub. And Matthew, I will say I was covering this game for Bright Side of the Sun and I got a win. So I'm super happy. Two and five. It's always a win now. for both of us, man, because you take the heat and then I take the heat too. being your podcast partner. <laughs> I mean, I still get the the death the death threats all the time. I know, you know, you gotta, you've had you've had to change your address three different times simply yeah, after me times. covering games for Brightside. So <laughs> yes. we appreciate everybody who reads those uh, recaps and such over at Brightside. And when you get a chance, Brightside Night brought to you by SB Nation. You got to check it out. It's fifteen dollars. You buy a ticket, the Suns match it, sends a kid to a game, sends two kids to 
go see the Suns play the Raptors at the back end of January. So we'd appreciate it if you head over to yeah. Brightside. Uh, there's some progressive things there. So definitely a lot of great things that Dave King is doing over there. Uh, one thing that we're going to be doing great over here is a Scottsdale Blonde. Here's my little slump buster. Oh, that looks little good right now, man. Huss brewing Scottsdale Blonde. I could definitely use this bad boy. So uh, let's let, let's pop them if we got them, Suns fans. Pop it open. Oh, so crisp, so clean. Let's talk about a Suns victory, baby. One nineteen to ninety five, the Phoenix Suns defeat the Los Angeles Clippers, ending their losing streak at streak at five. Which brings me to my first question, Matthew. That was the uh, that was the pod intro. Wrong button. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. As I mentioned before, the Clippers sat. Everybody, I think like the top six guys outside of like Marcus Morris in this game. So how much can you truly take from a game like this? The only thing that I can take is that the Suns are in a slump. They were and that they'll do anything to get a win. And if Booker is a little bit healthy, he's going to play to get his team back in it. That's the difference between us and a team like the Clippers who can be very frustrating. I mean, it should be a game where you have Booker versus Kawhi. I know Kawhi has been playing, but now he's out. He's saying the doctors are talking about, you know, if he can play, he can play, but it's it's on the doctors. Really, that's what he said in his last interview. Yep. And Paul George has played that they're all, are they old? No, 32 years old. That's not old. It gets frustrating because I want to see this team actually win a game that matters. Um, I think that this game got kind of sloppy, but of course there's times where they were fantastic out there and they took advantage of a crappy Celtics team or Clippers team. And that's all dude. I'm telling you, man, like I seriously get so annoyed every time Booker hits a shot or gets that reverse lay in and you see the bench over there with the Clippers and they're just like, dude, why are we not playing this game? Oh yeah. Cause we're getting ready for April. How many times are you going to hear that and say that you guys are contenders and then you're just going to sit there on the bench for half the games of the season and think you can get it together. Maybe you can, but it's been proven that you cannot do that. So I'm frustrated. If there was any Clippers fans out there frustrated, I feel for you, man. Yeah. No, you're 100% right because the Clippers have had this interesting philosophy over the past few seasons, especially since Kawhi Leonard showed up, is the load management philosophy. And it's something that was really started with Greg Popovich in San Antonio, where it made sense in San Antonio. That was a team that perennially not only was in the playoffs, but making deep runs into the playoffs. Five championships for Greg Popovich. So essentially what he would start to do was rest some of his star players on given nights and do things much akin to what the Clippers did tonight. He wouldn't rest the entire starting roster, but he would pick and choose his spots to ensure that his team had proper rest for the April, May, and hopefully June run for that team. The challenge with the Clippers is they've, outside of one Western Conference Finals appearance two years ago, when which they lost in six games to the Phoenix Suns, they haven't had any deep playoff runs. So this interesting strategy deployed by Ty Lue has been something that has got to be 
frustrating for Clippers fans, uh, the seven of them that exist out there. And it's frustrating for us as, as just basketball fans, not as Suns fans, but as basketball fans, right? Because you want to just, you, you want to see the best version of the opposition. Now, don't get me wrong. I will take any win right now. And I'm happy that the Phoenix Suns, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast, I'm happy that the Phoenix Suns went out, played in a dominating fashion, did so on both sides of the floor, and leave L.A. with a win in their pocket. I'm unbelievably grateful for that. So, again, I'm not going to complain that they didn't have all of their starters out there. It's the Clipper way. It's kind of to be expected. I'll tell you this, Matthew, and I'll, I'll ask you this. Were you shocked when you saw that everybody was sitting? No, no, I did see a uh, a tweet walking into Target today on my lunch to get a few groceries where it's like all of a sudden it started the list of players that were out for the Clippers and it was never ending. And I'm like, dude, is this for real? I'm like, oh yeah, it is for real. I'm like, this kind of sucks. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I just want to win. You know, I don't want to be up late tonight just talking about another son's loss, a heartache loss, because if you're if you're talking about the Suns injuries and them coming back, they really got to find themselves, man. I know Aiden's still out, mm-hmm. and I can't wait. I cannot wait for the day when uh, Cameron Johnson returns. But right now, I kind of want them to just get this kind of game where they can work on things. And so I was kind of happy. I was kind of happy a little bit, but then in the, my in my mind, I'm like, does it matter if the Clippers play their players? Yeah, I want to see them go uh, up against those guys, but. We all know these regular season teams are these games don't really matter. So then I don't know what they even think anymore, man. I from that quick little walk from my car to Target. Wow, I'm just like, That's what a lot am going I doing through your here head. on Earth? Like, why on. am I? Why am I at Target? <laughs> I should have went to the Walmart <laughs> exactly. over on Elliott. Oh, it's the Walmart yeah. on Elliott. Don't go there, folks. Nope. No, to my to answer my own question, I wasn't surprised at all when when the Clippers start sitting everybody. Oh yeah, they're playing the Clippers. Whatever. Good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Covering this game for Brightside is going to be a little bit easier because I can already write the title. And I did right off the bat. <laughs> you know, the slump busted. It's exactly what I wrote because I Perfect. knew it was going to happen. And it's what we needed from this team was to go out and just punch somebody in the face in, in a game that, you know, you, you might think it doesn't matter because it's a regular season game, but it definitely mattered to the Phoenix Suns. 17 and 12 now. They're a team that when they, when they entered tonight playing against the Los Angeles Clippers, they did so with the fifth seed. And they're playing the Los Angeles Clippers, who are the sixth seed. And the challenge coming into this is you don't want to start free-falling so much that you're finding yourself constantly in that accordion battle between the seven and the ten seed and not in the playoff picture. With the win tonight, the Suns move up to the fourth seed overall, uh, a half game above the Portland Trailblazers and a game behind the Denver Nuggets. It's the Memphis Grizzlies, the number one seed, uh, who pasted the Bucks tonight. It was like yeah. 42 to insane. I didn't see that game, but I saw that score. I was like, damn. It was like Smokey from uh, Friday. I was like, damn. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, number two seed. Denver Nuggets are number three seed. Phoenix Suns are number four seed. So, prefacing this entire podcast, knowing that this team was going up against like the G League version of the Clippers. There's still some things to, to observe and to annotate. And I think it starts with one Devin Armani Booker. Big Dick Booker. So Devin Booker gets a chance to play tonight. He comes back after missing two games with the ankle injury. Matthew, what'd you see in Devin Booker's return? 
You know, early it was kind of shitty. I'm not going to lie. I put in my notes. I'm like, this first quarter is turning out pretty shitty for a Booker, man. Then all of a sudden he goes four for five, scores 10 points, and then he starts to work on stuff, you know, get back in the rhythm. And that's mostly what this is tonight, man. I I think he was having a hard time on defense there in the first quarter. He was kind of yelling at Craig, like, hey, why aren't you guarding my guy in the corner three? And Craig's like, that's not my guy. And I was on Craig's side right there. I'm like, dude, Booker, come on. See, that's how easy, like, it is to piss us off. Like, we, people talk about how we give Aiden a lot of shit, but we still give all these players shit. Like Booker has one bad quarter coming back after two games missed. And I'm like, damn, dude, he's going to lose this game for us. But then he got it back. Um, then after I started talking shit, dude, he's, he played fine. I think that um, a lot of what he's trying to do right now is get back into rhythm, work on his stuff. You saw that yep. little floater off the glass where the rim was tilted. He still made it. And you know, he's working on things. He used to talk about LeBron James just trying to, f- just trying to throw stuff up there off the rim and try different things when he got so bored. I'm not saying Booker's bored, but I think he really needs to find a different way or trying to find different ways to score, trying to get to the free throw line, do different things to help his team. That's what it seemed like tonight. So it was a good night from him. Um, he probably played too many minutes. Than I want him to, but mm-hmm. <laughs> just get the win, man. I know that lead was like below 20, most of the fourth quarter. So you got to keep him in. Yeah, it was interesting because, to your point, Matthew, one, excited to just have him back out there. I honestly didn't think he was going to play tonight. I didn't see any reason for Devin Booker to play on the last game of a road trip. And then you see everybody that's going to be out for the Clippers is like, dude, just sit book one more game, considering the fact that he had an ankle injury, or I'm sorry, hamstring injury, soft tissue issues, right, Uh, that he suffered against the New Orleans Pelicans in their first game uh, last weekend. Now, that being said, Knowing that he was coming in, I was very interested to see how he was going to respond. And athletically, he looked fine. And it was uh, our, our buddy, So Says Jay, who's from the Fanny of the Flames podcast, tweeted something out. He says, I think like 83.7% of all or, or all of Devin Booker's shots appear to be going 83.7% down the cylinder, but they're not all falling. Right. So that's one thing that I noticed, like his shots look good, but they just weren't falling. And that's kind of been the trend for Devin Booker. As of late, right? He scored 51 points against the Chicago Bulls. He scored 41 points against the Houston Rockets. And then the wheels kind of fell off. Now, granted, he scored 20 points in the game against the Spurs, but he only played 27 minutes. But then it was 11 points in 30 minutes against the Dallas Mavericks. It was 17 points in 24 minutes against the Boston Celtics, uh, where they just got smashed. And it was 14 points in 36 minutes against the New Orleans Pelicans. His shooting has been very off as of late. And you take a look at how he's performed uh, since December 5th in the first half alone, 24.1% from the field and 28.6% from beyond the arc. He needs to keep shooting. I mean, that's, that's clear as day. The only way Dem Booker is going to get out of this slump is to keep shooting. You take a look at how he performed this evening against the Clippers in that first half And he went out and he went five for 12 and he had 12 points. So five for 12, not horrible, but I mean, efficiency, 12 points, 12 shots, not exactly what you want. And then of course the third quarter, he went 0 for seven from the field, 0 of three from beyond the arc. He ends the night with 14 points on six of 22 shooting and one of nine from beyond the arc. So it's good because it happened in a win. The thing that killed the Suns in previous games is there was no support from anybody. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the supporting cast in this game that allowed the Suns to be successful. But Booker is definitely in a slump right now. You could say it's injury-related, uh, considering he tweaked his ankle against the Boston Celtics. He has a tweaked hamstring. 
So he's not looking great right now, but I'll go back to what so says Jay said. A lot of his shots are this close away, man. I mean, he's right there. And he hits four more of those shots and goes 12 for 22 from the field. And guess what? We're talking about how great Devin Booker is. Yeah, and just nothing's really smooth for him right now. A lot of it's kind of sloppy, even the dribbling. Like there's a couple times tonight, well, maybe more than a couple times, where he would just lose the ball um, mid-move, you know, going across the lane. Then he had to tap it back out to Chris Paul. He might lose it to Markeith Morris there or Marcus Morris, whichever one that is. And um, I, I was just thinking, I'm like, there's something to do with the injury. Um, someone did point out uh, John Carl in the chat that um, books hammies are concerned. They are. It is true. It is. It's it's like when you go back to that Pelicans game where he did get hurt, it's always going to be those plays where I, I said it before where it's just like he kind of over hustles, does too much and strains himself. You know what I mean? So I get worried about that, man, because it seems like anytime he's grooving and feeling good, even going back into last playoffs, he just gets hurt and he's gone. Like, I don't want that to be a thing, of course, and there's nothing that he can do about it but to keep playing through the pain. But that's the thing is, like, he's still playing through pain, I feel like. That's what it looks like to me. It just doesn't look smooth yet. I mean, it'll, it'll eventually get there. Oh, yeah. And the off-court stuff, maybe that's an effect. I don't know. Yeah, I know. There's some people in the chat. Hey, could be Kendall-related. Well, I mean, yeah, a broken heart hurts. And maybe he went out and he was True. in fuck-you mode and he scored 51 and 41 and 44 and – then all of a sudden, it's just like he went home one night and all he had was himself, his dog, and his PS5. And he's just like, I kind of miss Kendall. And now he's out there in LA. It's sad, right? She's around the corner and he can't go see her like normal. So who knows? Six of 22, <laughs> though. Not the greatest yeah, night yeah. from Devin Booker. But that being said, he had plenty of help from his teammates in this game. Uh, starting off with the point god. The point god. Chris Paul, he's also a Los Angeles native. He went 6 of 13 from the field in this game, 15 points scored. He had 13 assists as well and 7 rebounds, was on triple-double alert, also had 2 steals and a block in this game. Uh, 36 minutes, a lot of minutes for Chris Paul, considering it's his third game back, but I think that it was a good opportunity for him to be out there and to be productive and to just start to feel in a groove. These are the kind of games where – you take a look at what's the opposition's throwing at you, and it's like, you know what, I'm gonna, Monty, I'm, I'm gonna be out there for a while just to get some rhythm back. Uh, hopefully, you can carry this over into upcoming games. Anything special you see from Chris Paul tonight? No, just a very solid game. Um, it's been better as of late. I feel like he is uh, favoring the three more. I feel like late, but that's fine. I think what he has to do is really get in the rhythm with Booker too, because the offense is so split apart right now, where it seems like one guy's in, one guy's out. You know what I mean? And Monty talked about, too, like how the league's going through it, and it's true. Everyone, all these teams have injuries. They're all trying to figure things out. They're going through slumps. Um, so it's nice to have a guy like Chris Paul. Um, I think that the the thing with him being old, I'm not even buying into that yet because he's putting up stats of 15 to 13. He looks mm -hmm. decent out there. It's not the greatest, but you're not going to get an athletic Chris Paul guy in the paint anymore. He's playing outside most of the game, and that's fine because everybody else has to pick up the pieces that – you know, that they can. And basically that's going to be getting to the rim and stuff, stuff that Chris Paul can't do. Um, so I'm, ex I'm not excited. I was going to say I'm excited with him being our guy, but I'm just like, I don't know. I have to see like another win streak against like some good opponents and him to have good games there to know like, Hey, we can trust this guy because if he's going up against Bigger guys, better defense. It's going to look pretty bad, maybe. And if it doesn't, then okay, we have our guy back from last year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's truly 
a game in which you just don't know what you really have from Chris Paul, right? That's the challenge of playing a G League Clippers roster because you, you look at a, a stat line like Chris Paul's 15 and 13, you're like, all right, Chris Paul, he's back, baby. Yeah, he clears it. Yeah, but to your point, Matthew, it's like until we are in a clutch time situation and Chris Paul's controlling the game and we see that consistently again, we don't know what we have because – as, as Coach Fallen Founder, one of our elite jamsters, become an elite jamster by clicking join on YouTube. Uh, oops, I clicked the wrong one. He says, uh, is it just me or has Paul truly lost a step? Still good, but not as good as last year and the previous. Yes, he truly has lost a step. He is he, he looks old. And, and just think back to the Pelicans game. Think back to the Rockets game. You, Chris Paul looked insanely old. He looked like he was out there in like a wheelchair. And just you know, trying to keep up, pushing the wheels, trying to keep up with the, the fast break pace of the game, the physicality of the game. So it's good to get Chris Paul in a rhythm, but I will say that he, one, has to work himself back into shape, and two, he's got to work himself back into to rhythm, and three, Monty really has to explore cutting down his minutes because even when the game is – you need to have him fresh for when the game's on the line – but the middle part of the game is where the, where the game can be lost when the opposition starts running us off the court. Yeah, and you don't want him to be that guy. We play against guys that are ran out of games, and you don't want Chris Paul to be that dude, which last playoffs it kind of looked like he was. So we'll see how how much he can like really lead this team right now during the season, which is nice, dude. I mean, he's at least staying decently healthy. <laughs> we can be appreciative of that. And it's been three games. Hold on. Yeah. Like, he's only been back. back for three games. Well, this okay? is his fifth <laughs> game back. So. Is, it, is it really? Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. That. It's been four it's games. fifth game's back? Yeah, yeah, I know. Time flies, right, when you're losing. Yikes. The award. Yeah, you, don't have a little, you don't have a word. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you say oops. You know exactly what yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, as soon as you start playing, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't think I made yeah. that one. Yeah, you didn't make a graphic for the warden. So uh, if you're listening to the pod, Matthew made these amazing little graphics uh, for our, our podcast. And they look They're amazing. Little cute, cute things. They, 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 look, they look amazing. The warden was the true – like, he was what we needed him to be in this game, especially considering Devin Booker struggled. Again, Devin Booker, 6 of 22 from the field. But you had Mikhail Bridges, who went uh, – 11 of 18 from the field, including two of five from beyond the arc. He had 27 total points. He had six rebounds, a steal, two blocks as well. What he did in this game in the variety of different ways that he did it is exactly what we were talking about last game, where I said I was going to be frustrated. I said I was going to be pissed with Mikhail, but as I talked it out, I realized that last game was a blessing in disguise when he went, what, four of 22 or 26 or whatever, because it showed him, hey, just keep shooting, man. Yep. Those shots will fall. And tonight, it, we benefited from that because he was the one who offensively, the Clippers G League team, didn't have an answer for. Yeah, I don't know why we just don't say that last pod where we're just really hard on him. And I was even thinking, like, hey, take a day off or take a game off. Like, I hate to bring his name up, but Alvarado was talked about how they need to give him some games off because he's not playing like himself. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, maybe that's a good thing for Mikhail. But then today when I saw him coming on the court, how happy he was, all the celebrations he had. Today, oh, yeah. We'd be missing out on that. Just, Matthew, let him play. Like, chill out. Keep shooting, Mikhail. Monty even talked about how there's nothing you can do but keep shooting to get out of these mm -hmm. slumps. And that's what he was doing last game. 
we just don't realize like these guys, I guess, go through slumps, man. We want perfection always now. And it's very, very hard to like set that standard and have it be followed like this whole season. Cause that's not going to happen. So I'm happy he's still playing. I was thinking take a game off, but I don't think it's going to help anybody. I'm just scared of him getting hurt. Cause I just always feel like he's going to get hurt. So I'm well, just he like, looked tired he always does, during the he? losing streak, man. He did look tired. Question. Does Mikhail Bridges ever have two bad games in a row? I think so. During this losing streak, he's, yeah, I mean, he had the 27-point game, but then, like, the, the four games before, three games before, they were pretty nasty, man. I, I know that go he, back and look at that. I, I know that he was having some challenges uh, defensively, especially against not only Luka Doncic, but then the New Orleans Pelicans because of the physicality and the way that they play, and I know that's something definitely we talked about. But you take a look at his games prior to this. He had 18 points against Houston. He had 27 against the Pelicans. He had 11 against the against the Pelicans in their first game. Was four of 12 shooting. He was uh, four points against Boston. 27 minutes played. I mean, two of 12 from the field. He was a big part of that. Just horrible first half. 13 points against Dallas. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he has horrible games back to back. His last game, I would say, was really horrible. I mean, four of 24, two of 10 from the field. 18 points because he got to the free throw line so many times. But it was nice to see him have a good bounce back game again. Needed if if Mikhail Bridges doesn't have his game that he had tonight, that game's a lot closer, and we're sitting here and we're having a different conversation about the Suns overall. Because guess what? Like we'll talk about it at the back end of the podcast. But like we play the Pelicans next again. Oh, you yeah, know? isn't that and, crazy? I'm yeah, actually excited the, for that one though. Well, I am too. I am too. I just, again, it's like we got to see because because Aiton's this close to being back, right? You know, yeah, yeah. And, and Booker's back, and they they pushed us around a little bit. But if we can get Booker to just be efficient, Booker, we feel like we can win that game. And it'd be just nice yeah. to the last taste in the mouth for the season because this is the last time we're going to play the Pelicans. It'd be nice to have that last taste in the mouth be one of the Phoenix Suns beating them. But Kale might have uh, a couple games in which he he plays subpar. But it's nice to see him come out and, and have more of these games. And again, he's a guy who's in his fourth year. He's really going to start to excel offensively, as players typically do. In years about four to seven, that's when you really start to see that offensive, consistent growth occur. And by year seven, either they're going to make it or they're just a role player for the rest of their career. Yeah, until the next game, we actually play a decent team and he just isn't there offensively. We're like, where's he at? The fuck, Trade him. Is- Trade this guy. I'm Get not worried about any here. trades. I, I just want this team to come back healthy and see what they look like. Yeah, me too. I just want to see. Be nice. That's been the challenge the entire season. I want Cameron mm-hmm. Johnson back. Like that's going to be just a different energy around this team when Cam Johnson returns and some of the rotations that Monty Williams had initially set for this team start to fall back into place. Because what's happening right now is a lot of players are getting a lot more minutes than they're probably used to, and because of that, they're allowing themselves to grow and they're they're getting confidence. One of those guys, dude, Josh Ako. Josh. Double-double off the bench from Josh Okogie tonight. He had 11 boards. He had 11 rebounds. He was everywhere defensively, causing turnovers. He had two steals, one block. Uh, five of his rebounds came from the or on the offensive end. Fun fact, Matthew. This was his third game with five offensive rebounds. How many other, how many other Suns players have five-plus offensive rebound games? None. 
one. Aiden? Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sustainable, right? This guy? I just love the the long silence. Something that doesn't happen a lot on our podcast. <laughs> you know what? That uh, <laughs> The fan favorite vote that you sent out. Did he win that one? I didn't see. Oh, I'll, <clears> I'll <throat> take a look at that. So one thing that I, I put out there and <clears throat> ah, sorry, it'll live for a day, you know, because there definitely will be some recency bias on this. But one of the things I, yeah. I put out there is who's the fan favorite right now for the Phoenix Suns? You either have Josh Akogi, you have Jock Landell, who made a solid case for himself, and it's something that we'll talk about a little bit later today or tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Uh, Damian Lee, who's definitely been somebody who has been crushing it recently, or Elia Kobo. Uh, Elia Kobo so far has 7.4% of the vote, and all those people need to slowly burn in hell. Uh, just slowly, like lay on the pavement in Phoenix when it's like 110, so it's like it burns, but it doesn't like hurt you or kill you. Well, maybe it does. Uh, but currently, Josh Akogi, 39.2% in that poll. Jock Landell is second at 27%. Damian Lee, 26.4%. So it's very close between those two. Uh, head to our Twitter page, at Suns Jam, to vote on who you think the current Suns uh, fan favorite is. Obviously, recency bias, because Josh Akogi was getting it done on both ends of the court tonight, man. That's the thing, is like, the fan favorites, we have Jock Landell, Lee, Damian Lee, of course. Um I was thinking maybe Lee would out, you know, would beat him on this one. But the thing I'm is, a big fan of Lee. Akog- yeah, yeah. Akogi is so sustainable. The things he does, like the hustle, the uh, the shooting. I mean, it, it's not just the shooting. So Lee, you always count on the shooting. Shamit, I'm not talking about fan, fan favorite. I'm talking about guys coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Shamit's a guy you have to rely on for shooting. That's about it because that's all he's going to do. Lee, same thing. I mean, he's, he's a hustle guy. He can play some defense sometimes. Um, and then, um, freaking Landale, he's just kind of missing every now and then. Like he's not who he was the first two weeks of the season. Now you have a Kogi where it's like, well, is this, is this sustainable? Is this going to actually be something? Can he be a fan favorite, but be this guy all the time? It's like, yeah, because the threes are coming, the defense, the rebounding, everything he does on the court, he can do every game because he just puts in the hustle. He's there though. He reads the ball perfectly out the rim. So many times the two put back dunks tonight. Yeah. It's just something that you're going to expect now. You won't get, of course, a game like this all the time, and we've been playing some bad teams. But he just is always there, man. He's a guy that can show up for you, win or lose. He's going to be that guy. And he's like my favorite guy at the bench right now for sure, right? Well, that's why I put the poll out there because he's been mine. And when the season began, when you take a look at all of the different offseason acquisitions that James Jones made, Okogi was my favorite one because of the defensive prowess he brings. I saw his offensive game. I was like, shit, because it, it, he has the same. It, it's like Alfred Payton. Same thing. Like a guy who's good on defense sucks on offense, but he was, he's a lot better on defense. He's longer. He can, he can uh, play a lot of different players on defense. And I was just like, it, it sucks that he's such a bad three point shooter entering this season. He was a 27.5% three point shooter. Now, granted, he is a 25.7 three-point shooter thus far this season. But if you take a small sample size, obviously, but you take you know the last five games that he's played, he's, he's shooting 38% from beyond the arc. You add that element to his game, knowing that he already brings in that hustle and he brings in that, ten- that tenacity. And I, I forget what his, his Twitter handle is. It is uh, so close. Uh, 
hashtag or, or at call me nonstop because he is nonstop and, and he has that energy that you want. Landell has the same thing, but I feel like the challenge that Landell has is he's not going to get as much opportunity simply because of the position he plays. Josh Akogi, you can play him at the at the two, three, four, even, and he can be effective on defense. What he's provided us is effect is some effectiveness on offense as well. He's given us some highlight plays. Every one of those like putback dunks is after a steal. Like he he'll steal the ball and then he'll go down. Somebody misses a shot and then bam, he throws it down. It's just like it's this this cyclical play that he's doing that just makes him such uh, an appealing asset to have on this team. And again, that's what's vital about what's happening right now is the amount of minutes that he's actually getting. You know, the front end of the season, he's getting six minutes here. He's getting five minutes there. But again, over the last five, six games, he is averaging almost 20 minutes a game. He's playing himself. Yeah. Not only, I get there's injuries, but he's not only playing himself uh, into – Monty's good graces, if you will. He's playing himself onto the playoff rotation when that time comes because of the way he can shut down people, the, because of the way you can just throw him out there and just, just you know, hey, five minutes of locking down Luca. You know, people say in the chat, throw him at LeBron next week. You know, yes, please, please do. Yeah, you have nothing to lose. Plus, you can trust him. Um, there's some trust on the court that I absolutely have. That's why I was talking about the threes. It's not like he shoots threes, but like when he jacks them up, it's okay. It's kind of like Landale at the beginning of the season where I was like, go ahead and shoot them. You're doing awesome. You're a fan favorite right now. Just shoot them. It's fun. The Suns were winning. When the Suns are winning, he can do that. He can do like the little fadeaway three, the heat check three. You, the heat check went the put back dunks. Like he can, he can do that. It's, it's fun to watch. And it's something that I don't think you can get really mad at. Right. Cause he does everything so well. It's insane, like how good he's been. But I just think it, it should be something that lasts, dude. I really do. And he's a playoff guy. He's I trust him way more than a Shamit or um, even like a Lee right now. I mean, I love Lee. I really do. He's awesome. He's one of the he's the best three point shooter right now. But just mm-hmm. all around, you need to dig something out that you know. If the Suns are down ten or twelve points, he can help you get out of that. He can help you keep a lead too so he does that's the key right there because i'm not looking at him for offense to help chip away when the suns are down because guess what that's what he's been doing the last five games he's been one of the only positive and bright spots of this team during that losing streak was josh akogi because the effort he put in he scored 28 points the other night we don't need him we don't want to and we don't need to rely on him for offense but defense leads to offense and that's what he brings. And that's something that I feel like the Phoenix yeah. Suns have forgotten is defense leads to offense. You play solid defense. You shut them up. We saw it tonight. The Los Angeles Clippers, granted, they were the G League team of the Los Angeles Clippers, essentially. But th- what they did in the first half was look like the Phoenix Suns that we've been dealing with for the past five games. Okay. As I meant, or I, I didn't mention, I mentioned books numbers, but you take a look at the Phoenix Suns numbers in the first half during this losing streak, they're shooting 33% from the field. You take a look at the Clippers tonight in the first half, they shot 29.5% from the field, 36% from beyond the arc. They scored 37 points. They even scored 40 by halftime. Sounds an awful lot like the Phoenix Suns. Josh Akogi is one of those players who had that impact in that first half because he was put out there, you know, in that first half alone, Josh Akogi played almost 10 minutes. He was getting plenty of opportunity to contribute 
utilizing his defense leading to offense, which allowed the Suns not only to hold a lead, but to expand it. Yeah. And dude, it pisses me off when this is happening. We're talking about, of course, a, a Clippers team. I always want to call them the Celtics. I don't want to talk about the Celtics. <laughs> the Clippers team that, you know, they're sitting their starters. I just, I don't know, man. I, I think that it's really bad for the morale in the locker room. If you're just letting your guys get their ass beat out there, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we've been getting our ass beat, but we've almost, we almost won the two Pelicans games. One of them. We did. Cause there's, well, the other one was close too. They were pretty close. The other close. one we got we got it down to a tie, and then they went on like a, we took so much energy yeah. to get back to that tie. They just they went on a nine zero run, and yeah, the other one was know. overtime, and you knew yeah. they were going to lose probably. Yeah, um, well, everyone had fouled out by that. Yeah, point. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I just think that the way the Suns are approaching this losing streak and the way they're getting out of it, especially, um, I think Biombo was talking about, you know, just got to be patient. You got to relax. He's telling the fans to relax. Like we know the goal, and we're continuing towards that. But we're doing it the right way. Like we're going through slumps, we're going through injuries, but when you're healthy, you're gonna play. And also we know our slumps and we're gonna shoot through it. You know what I mean? So yep. I think they're handling it better than a lot of teams right now. Um, it's just nice to know these guys are human though, right? Because you can't just have a perfect season oh, it's again. So, it's so nice. Oh, it's so it's the best. It's the best knowing Isn't it that awesome? human. it's it's like it's simply <laughs> the best. And when we talk about busy, you know, there's one thing I gotta talk about busy. There's one thing I think we all should be questioning right now if DeAndre Ayton continues to miss some time. That's coming up right after this word from DraftKings. You looking to make some cold, hard cash? Visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Who doesn't love a good same-game parlay? Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Win enough money, and who knows, jamsters, maybe we can buy the franchise from Robert Sarver. So, Bismack Biombo. Biz. Biz. Should he be starting if DA is out? Didn't yeah, look, like, hey, it's didn't, final. Didn't, what's that? Like, it's a final thing. Like, all right, you're starting? Yeah, because he was two or three tonight, five points. Five rebounds, couple assists, one block, five fouls. It was a five night for busy. Five rebounds, five points, five fouls. Do you just need him out there to do that and to have some shot deterrence, or is this a little bit more than them, uh, Jock Landale? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can go back and forth with these guys, and Bismack was being a visage down there, right? With the Bizzich. two blocks right away. Oh, he had one. Two blocks. Now, I know oh, they don't. They that's don't, what always they happens. Count, they never count blocks right in the NBA. They don't because I swear there was two blocks, and of course, what does he only have one or what? I didn't even look. One. Does, Uno. That doesn't make any sense. He had two early on, uh, so he sets the tone. I mean, he he does a lot that Eaton does too offensively. Like he seriously plays the pick and roll almost the same way. He actually finds spacing sometimes better than Da, but then I'm thinking maybe because it's not Da, no one's really worried about Busy and his little jump hook. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gives Chris Paul an opportunity to have somebody off the pick and roll, which is nice without Aiton. 
those passes always seem like they're a lot easier to get to him than Aiton. And it's still, you know, you know what I mean? Like how much easier it is. Well, it's but because maybe the defense doesn't space, have two guys. It's a That's what it thing. is. Exactly. Yeah, I like, talked hey, myself out of that, right? Right <laughs> when we, right when I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, like why can he do it better than Aiden? It's because he's not Aiden. Because it's wide the fuck open. Exactly. Those little jump hooks are nasty, but he does a good job defensively, man. Um, he Setting the tone is the biggest thing in these games. Because the Suns have been getting out to really bad starts defensively, mm-hmm. getting down by 10. So if we have a guy like that that can rebound, box out, and block, it helps. It helps a lot. But what about him over Jock? Dude, Jock is just lost right now. What do you think, man? Well, I think we should just give him his drop. Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jock. Landale and 15 10 points or yeah points yeah i'm like he had a double double tonight man i'm like lost <laughs> okay looked, well i'll explain pretty good go tonight he looked pretty good tonight he's looked i get what you're saying during the, the losing streak he's looked lost he, he's got like he's, he's about to dunk it it's like if you ever played 2k and you're going up and you're getting ready to dunk it and then you press like the pass button like oh shit you know it's just like, <laughs> yeah just some like crazy move like he's been doing that it's like some nba jam stuff uh but jock looked good tonight he was aggressive on the interior. He was rolling hard. He was getting the rebounds. He was he he hit a three. Well, like once you see he he Excuse hit a three, you're like, okay, it's we're gonna have a good uh, jock game. And Jacob, he played great. No, he played great relative to like how he normally plays. That's the way I'm talking about uh, the way that Jock Landell played tonight. I think that he was productive. I think Busy's the right answer at, at the at the one. Uh, it when DA is gone because we we've talked about this a couple times this season when DA does miss some time because he missed a little bit of time earlier in the season, it's a nice curveball to throw at the team if you have Jock Landell come in. I, I mean I think it's the best move that Monty has up his sleeve is to go DA to start, busy to to uh, you know pick up the slack coming in off the bench, and then Jock being the start of the fourth quarter guy. Like I think that that's. A, just a great hand to play because you're throwing three completely different types of players at the defense. And again, night to night in a series, that's easy to, to stop, but in night to night, it's, it, it equates to victories on the interior. Yeah. What I meant earlier, just, I never look at the box score. Right. So jamsters, I'll say things and people are like, what are you talking about? Like the Mikhail Bridges thing. Like he had 27 points in the game. And I just like, well, it wasn't good. I'm like 27 <laughs> points. What? Because when I'm watching the game, I'm just watching how their their body language, just the way they're playing mm-hmm. out there. Jock for me is just he's not the way he was in the beginning of the season. I think a lot of people are trying to are figuring him out down there defensively. He's always just so close to finishing things. He did have an and one today. He's not really fighting through a lot like he used to. There's not a whole lot of aggressiveness like earlier in the season. I don't know if he's like tired, hurt, or something. There's just something different with him. I think he's getting owned by a lot of the backup centers. He, uh, he has been. He's getting played out of games like very quickly. I feel like every time he comes in tonight, you're going to have the 15 points, 10 rebounds. Like you better have that. But there's just something where he needs to get going against these better teams because you have to be the backup big to come in. Like that's mm-hmm. what we count him for the for the energy. And he's like getting in his own head. I feel like too much. Like he's expecting a lot more, but he can't put it out there on the court. But I'm just not really excited with him right now. I know the stats look good. I'm just I'm not Dude, a big jock fan right now. 
Yeah, I know. And he got a technical or delay a game. Like the ball came back and hit him. How is it like yeah, a delay a game? It hit off of Jock's cock. Like he can't yeah. help that <laughs> thing just gets in the way, exactly, you know? Like man. it launched it into the 32nd row. That's what happened because yeah. it's big cock jock. So you just got to deal with that, refs. Don't blow the whistle on him. Of course Come they on. Do. I knew they would. And they gave Mikhail like a technical too. When Mikhail got fouled and then they didn't call a foul, it was just a block from yeah. behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, interesting thing about this game I wanted to point out as well. I know you didn't look at the box score. So who had more free throws in this game, Suns or the Clippers? Who did you I'm going to say was Clippers. A- the way you're you're phrasing it, Clippers. Think so? Yeah. Because I think the Suns did a really good job of attacking the rim in this game. Uh, Jock Landell, Damian Lee, uh, Mikael Bridges, Devin Booker as per usual, although he didn't get calls the way he didn't. That he never gets calls. Uh, this, the, the Clippers did have more. <clears throat> I was shocked because the Clippers had 21 free throw attempts to the Suns, 18. But I appreciated the fact that the Suns, again, what was I talking about the last game? How you be, how, there's a couple different ways you can get out of a slump. One, go fuck yourself a 10 or, or a one. It'll make you feel like a 10. That's what the Suns did tonight. But two is, like I said earlier, defensive pressure because defensive pressure can equate to quick offense and or attack the rim, offensive pressure. And they had a little bit more of that offensive pressure. They weren't settling for threes a bunch. The one time they were settling for threes was the third quarter. And that's when the Clippers put that 14-0 run on them, got it down to 17 points, maybe 15, somewhere in there. But the the Suns, because they had already had such a large lead, much akin to how the Suns have been playing as of late, they used so much energy to get to that point. <clears throat> a 14-0 run doesn't put a big enough dent. The, the opposition makes one three and it's over. But you look at it by quarter. In the first quarter, the Suns shot seven three-pointers. In the second quarter, they shot nine three-pointers. In the third, they shot 12 three-pointers, and they only hit three, 25%. And in the fourth quarter, the Suns only shot four three-pointers. My point is, stop shooting. You, You can shoot threes, right? They end up shooting 32. Good number. But you don't need to shoot nothing but threes. And that's what's really hurt this team during this recent, uh, you know, the, the slump that they've been going through is the number of threes that they're shooting against Houston. You know, they go out there and and for some reason playing against the Houston Rockets, they feel like, you know what, let's shoot 51 threes. The Pelicans game in which we lost in overtime, they shot 38 threes and we almost won that game. The game prior where we lost by nine points to the Pelicans, 44 threes. The previous game against the Boston Celtics, they came out, they shot only 32 threes, but that one's an aberration because they just got smacked in the face. So I think that you you can shoot threes, and that's okay. The, the, the challenge that they have is when they're shooting those consecutive threes, the one and dones, because that's what the Clippers were doing tonight. Bunch of young guys out there, they're just shooting a bunch of threes, and it's one and done possessions, and the Phoenix Suns were getting out and running. It was like literally watching every – it was like watching the Pelicans and the Celtics and every team we've been playing and losing to in but the Suns were doing it tonight <laughs> yeah they were doing it in their own way against this team uh it's it's okay because I I think that what they were trying to do is just close them out right they're trying mm-hmm. to hit the threes close them out give these guys a rest it, they but they let them the back way. in yeah they let them back in and went the opposite way and you knew there was gonna be a run man I, I feel like every NBA game there's always a run whether or not it's a G League team or the actual Clippers with their full healthy roster there's gonna be a run no game is over till five minutes. I mean, Amen. five minutes, you 20 point lead, it can happen. The team can come back. Um, let's just be glad though. I think like the rim breaking and all that stuff and tilting, 
kind of took the, I don't know, a little bit of juice out of the Clippers. Kind of like, all right, can we just not dunk? Can we just shoot jump shots the rest of the game so we can get this over with? It seemed like that after the rim was tilted. Yeah, I think so as well. It was the the last thing we needed because they were starting to put another run again on the Mm -hmm. Suns, and it was a good jam. Then Devin Booker hit the running shot, one of his six made field goals, and then that was just kind of it. So it was an interesting night on the on the subreddit right you were hanging out on the the clipper subreddit no that's you, you. oh no do we not have subreddit tonight i did last time the sun's jam session subreddit stakeout so there i was partner i was hanging out on the subreddit for the los angeles clippers it was an interesting place tonight considering everything that happened. They didn't play fucking anybody. I don't know if I should talk in this accent the whole time just because I'm wearing a cowboy hat. See, this is why if you listen to the podcast, you should watch some of it too. You get to see me in a cowboy hat. Keep it it's up. Like, I like it. All right. I'll continue with the accent then, y'all. <laughs> One of the first things that somebody said is, when is the last time an NBA team had their top six players out for a game? This has to be a record. And then they started kind of, you know, as as we talked about, little partner, little lady, little friend. <laughs> they started bitching about the fact that they weren't they weren't playing in them fucking starters. They go, didn't Tatum and Brown play back to back? Man, the Clippers really don't care about the season at all. Forgoing seating and team continuity, shake my head. And then somebody responded, and they go, Kawhi has a degenerative knee condition where he can't play back to backs. That's going to be really tough for them come playoff time, isn't it, Matthew, considering how those schedules every other night? Yes. Am I the little lady, too? Am I if the little lady or not? If you want to be the little lady, I'll be the little you lady. can be the little lady. Little I lady. wish you would have dressed up. Yeah, you could have worn them long curls. You know, like, <laughs> oh, my, I don't know. I'm frightened. Somebody then said, these fucking games where nobody plays are so brutal. Waste of fucking money to show up. And somebody responded. They said, 100% a waste of money and time. I live in Orange County. I'd be pissed off if I drove to the game. You know how far Orange County is from the Staples Center, the Crypto.com, or the, the, the ranch, or whatever the fuck it is? Two hours, right? It's a long fucking time. That's all I know, little lady. <laughs> the pride shirts look like a Taco Bell hot sauce packets. I don't know if you saw it, but they had a bunch of different colored pride shirts. It was Pride Night at Crypto.com Arena for the Los Angeles Clippers, and they had the entire arena had these different colors to make the pride flag. Yeah. And people think it looked like a Taco Bell hot sauce packets with the color. I'll take in that it. too. Delicious. I love Taco Bell. It's hot still sauce early packet. in the night. So, which is your favorite Taco Bell hot sauce packet, Matthew, little lady? Uh just I get whatever they get. They they're so stingy with that stuff. They oh, don't give you what you want. It's like, can I get uh, a lot of hot sauce? They just give you like four packets. Is that what you say? Yeah, I get a lot. You want hot? Hot. I go with fire, little lady. <laughs> we might not, we might not get women Yamba, but we deserve something like an honorary wax figure of him or something. I thought that was pretty funny. I actually said women Yamba, right? Maybe the only time I can ever say it <laughs> is when I'm accent. talking in, in this <laughs> yeah. shitty accent. Somebody said, I am not switching to Ram. So they must have been showing like Ram commercials. They're like, I am not switching to Ram. Yeah. Fun fact, little lady. I drive a Ram. Uh-huh. Sons are playing zone. LOL. 
that's all they need to do because we couldn't run an offensive set even if it saved our lives <laughs> because they were so shitty. Two games in a row, we didn't score 40 at the half. Offense is always a problem regardless of who's playing. Preston just isn't an NBA player. He would kick ass in a local pickup game, but he lacks the athleticism to hang in the NBA. I kind of feel like he's going to be one of those guys who ends up being like an MVP of the league in Italy and ends up coaching after. It's like, wow, they really got that guy pegged. Now that Preston feller that they were talking about, he was the he, he was the guy like kind of had the ginger afro going on. 16 points played, zero points, zero three from the field, two rebounds, three assists. And the last thing on the subreddit stakeout, that fucking Landale guy ruining our shit, LOL. Go ahead, it's not ours. We're leaving this dump soon. And then somebody said, rim's broken, cancel the game. No winners. There you go. That there, little lady, was a subreddit stakeout. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I'm sorry for our well listeners. Done. That was probably like the worst fucking accent. They're driving around. No, got, it was good. If, if, if you're listening, you're driving around. You're like, you're pulling up to Taco Bell. And somebody's like, what the hell is that guy <laughs> listening to? Well, What's wrong you got a lot of practice box? in Texas, man. A lot of What's practice. That? You got a lot of practice in Texas, right? Yeah, when we were in Amarillo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew, John, are you a Chuck Norris fan? Yeah, <laughs> I don't do. Who's not? I don't do earth. Or I don't do push ups. I do earth downs. <laughs> Dude, are you not? Who's Am not I? a Chuck Norris fan? Dude, Walker Texas Ranger man. I never. My walked, favorite I, thing. I never walked. Watch Walker Texas Ranger. The best thing is that he walked through an Amazon. He'd see like a little wire, like a see through wire, like wire that would like you know blow into pieces, but you'd yeah. always see it right in time. What's well, because he's so Chuck, he Chuck just Norris, dude. he was amazing. Dude. Maybe he's the jam mean, star of the game, huh? I wish. Okay, well, let's see. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, this is a reminder. Hit the thumbs up button if you're watching along live or watching along later. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. This could be an interesting one. Matthew, whose turn is it to go first? Is it yours or mine? It's my turn. I went went, uh, three times in a row and then you went last time. Okay, what um, we got to remember is if you're doing the subreddit stakeout, the other person gets Jamstar first. Okay, Jamsters remind us because we don't remember anything, right? Um, I'm going to go Kogi, man. It has to be a Kogi. Oh, Kogi, Yogi. He's Yogi. our new – dude. La, that's la, la, the la, best la. drop we have. It is for sure. Do you know what he sucks about that drop? Best handband, headband too. What? What sucks about that drop is every time we play it, it, it kills all monetary value of our YouTube feed for like copyright mean? reasons or something. It's like oh, does it? How yeah. long is it? It's like twelve seconds. It's long enough. Yeah, the the cutoff is seven seconds. Yeah, uh, I gotta change the drop just so we make like two dollars a podcast. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna play. It's a dope fucking pod. Or it's a dope drop. Yeah, I guess I don't even know how much money we even really make. We don't. What do we? What? <laughs> okay, well that's why we're not getting any money then. Oh, oh yeah, because we play Josh Akogi Yogi 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 <laughs> yeah. Yogi. All right. Well, John Doe says um, retire a Kogi's jersey number this instant. Uh, David Ray says jam star of the game is Mikhail Bridges. No one else came close. Ted Lubin gives it to Mikhail. Hey, zero gives it to Bridges as well. Uh, Kale is Mara Lopez's as well. Uh, Joe Casillas, do you did you end up getting stats on the jam stars for the season? No, nobody went through 
and has told us who we have. I was I, I was hoping we had like one dedicated fan out there, not even a fan like listener. No one's a fan of us. And they went through all of our previous ones and just added up who has the jam stars and just hit us up on Twitter, DM us either at Darth Voida, at Matthew Lissy, or at Suns Jam on Twitter and let us know what the current count is because then we could keep the count because I don't want to spend time. We spend too much time on freaking graphics. So <laughs> Joe says he'll do it. All right, Casillas, if you do that, man, you're the man. I will right, we'll um, hold you to it. Hey, if you yeah. do it, then I'll start drinking beer on the pod. What? Pop no. it open, right? I'll start yeah. bringing it back. Yeah, I popped it open. Notice I haven't drank any of it. I'm just like super. Yeah, tired. you never do. You always just yeah. Hey, shut up. Sometimes I do. I was drinking the shit out of that orange juice last podcast. You, uh, <laughs> you actually were. I was. It was delicious. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mikhail, man. Okay. I gotta go. Okay, I get everyone's giving the love to Kogi, and I love that. And they're also giving the love to Mikhail, and I love that. Mikhail's 27 points on 11 of 18 shooting was absolutely paramount for the success of this team tonight because Booker was off. Uh, CB3, you know, had a good game, almost a triple double, but I got to give it to Kale. So that being said, on to the next game, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Back at home, Suns are playing the New Orleans Pelicans again. I don't know what how much I want to preview this game, Matthew. We've played this team twice in the past week, so we all know what it is. We know what to expect. We just need the one key to the game. Come on, book. We need a solid Booker game because the rest of the team is gaining confidence. They've been playing somewhat well. Somewhat. But we need something from Kale. Or, I mean, Book. Yeah, I mean, he's the only reason we lost those games. I really feel like that. I, I mean, too. a lot of the NBA, everyone watching us from afar, they're like this team. They they suck. We're, we're a laughing stock right now, but we were in those games. We could have won them with a healthier Book. And then the next game, the second game where he didn't even play, that was a close game without him because it just showed how much he did hurt this team. If he's healthy, we'll be fine. Um, if there's no Aiton, it'll suck a lot. It'll probably be a blowout. I, I bet feel you like he's Aiton, back. I bet you he's yeah, back. You know what? I think so too. He was Over there on jumpers. The, he was, yeah, dude, on the uh on the bench, he just seemed like he was like super tired and so bored. You know what I mean? He didn't look worried. I think he's okay. I think he's ready to come back, man. He also had this like Long distance stare that was like twenty seconds long. I don't know what he was looking at or whose boobies he was looking at. He was yeah, he was looking across and he saw it something. was something. I want to know what that is or what yeah, it was. What it was, yeah. He was looking across the court and he saw something that he wanted to get next to. Little poop lady. on, yeah, poop on, uh, right on the chest. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about? Steph Curry's out for a long time. It looks like I didn't see the play or anything, but I didn't either. I, you know, I, I was just, busy at work. I saw the notifications coming up while I was working today, and they said Steph's out. You know, we'll be reevaluated in two weeks, two kind weeks. of thing. Yeah. Uh, Kate Cunningham's going to be out for the season for Detroit. Yep. That kind of sucks. Imagine Detroit with Cade Cunningham, uh, Jaden Ivey, and then they get Wimben Yamba. That'd be cool. I mean, they already that would have their be a guy. Theme, dude. Yeah, I know. Um, would it make the Pistons sexy again, though? Because they just they haven't been sexy. I'm not, they've been losing, but like, would it bring them back time the alive? Pistons were good. 2004, Jesus, well, since, Ben Wallace era. Yeah, exactly. Since the last time they won a championship, that's it. Team. That was a damn good team. Yeah. I really that team. Everyone. That was, that's how they won. Exactly. Yeah, because they, they shut down the fucking Laker dynasty that everyone was mm-hmm. sick of. And they pretty much, they after that, Shaq was out of town. Yeah. Uh, anything else around the NBA? Um, I haven't been watching too much, honestly. I haven't. I know that um Westbrook right now with LA, they're talking about him not being traded, not being a trade piece. Yeah, he's, he's been doing awesome off the bench. He's been a role model 
for all of us youngsters, when you get older, you might have to take a back seat and it's okay. So he's yeah. kind of helping that team. Um, I still think even with the Warriors, their injury situation, they're a team that still scares me. I know that Steph's hurt yeah, is out. Me. But when he comes back, I'm still My issue about with them team. is their depth, man. And, and granted, like with Steph being out, that's going to be a better opportunity for their depth to get more reps, just like the Suns have been doing. They, a lot of these guys like Josh Okoge are getting these reps that are going to be very valuable come playoff time right it's the same thing with the warriors but they're i just i don't trust the depth of that team it's too young and it, i can see this being a down season for them so we'll see okay. i don't know they well, don't who scare do you, me who do I'm you scared think, of... who do you think the first trade that's going to happen what do you want to be man because it's coming up Ooh. soon right Isn't yeah today? well i mean today's december 15th so now like 88 yeah. percent of the league mm-hmm. is available via transaction following now everybody's like eligible who who signed off season deals the first trade a lot of people are saying the jazz i saw some of the jams just talking about it in the chat about vanderbilt and, and jared vanderbilt's a great asset and god i wish we could get him on the suns i don't think the utah's going to be sellers right now man they've got way too many assets already at their disposal. It's not like they need to trade somebody to get more assets they got a ton of fucking picks out of both rudy gobert and Donovan Mitchell. So I don't see them trying to do anything. And they're winning games right now. They just beat the Pelicans on the road. So it's like, continue to see what you have with that team. So I don't think it's everybody out of Utah. You got to take a look at, you know, like maybe Toronto or something. One of those teams that had high expectations and is like hovering yeah. around 500 or Siakam. below 500. Siakam, OG Ananobi, maybe. The Knicks might end up doing something. You know, the, there's a lot of talk. Every time you, you go on Twitter or or the interwebs, it's, you know, oh, they're Cam Reddish, Julius Randle. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast at nauseum. So I think it's going to be one of those Eastern Conference teams versus a Western Conference team. They're going to be the first one to pull the trigger, I feel like. I feel like there's a little bit more panic mode there because the West is so wide open right now, right? So you're not going to have people trying to sell off assets in an effort to try to, you know, tank for Wemby because it's just it, – if, if you're the, the Kings, you're happy right now. If you're – uh God, what other teams looking at the looking at the standings? The tenth seed, the eleventh seed, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're thirteen and fifteen, right? I mean, they have they have a chance. But if you look at the the East, the East is very top loaded. So like the Magic, the Wizards might do something. The Bulls might do something. The Raptors might do something. So I think it's one of those teams. I think the uh, I think the Celtics get one or two guys. I think they're going to get either Pascal Siakam or I think they get KD. Fuck them if they do. What's going to happen? If they do, it's I like, just think it's going to happen, man. We're going to shut down the pod. There's no reason to do this thing because we're not winning a championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think they got to make one more big move. I know they've looked really good, and then now they're not, but they just need something else. They need one more thing to make sure that they're pushed over the edge, that they can beat Giannis and them the, the Bucks team. Because who, you got to throw everything at it, dude. If you really oh, do, you do. You, you really do, man. So one of those two, I think, are going to go to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, and again, I think one of the challenges for the Phoenix Suns, I don't know how much flexibility James Jones has considering the ownership group is up in the yep. air. So we'll see, Jamsters. We'll see. And we'll be coming to you again live on Saturday night. Spend your Saturday night with the Suns Jam Session podcast. We'll be hanging out after the Suns play the New Orleans Pelicans. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. I'm Matthew Lucy. Make sure you stop by brightsideofthesun.com, not only to read my writing, but to also contribute to Brightside Night. Stop by DraftKings, use promo code TBPN, 
and uh, hang out at the Basketball Podcast Network. There's all of our little plugs. Thank you ever so much for all of you who have hung out and watched this live or are listening and or, and or watching it later time. We appreciate you. We'll see you on Saturday night. Yep. Go home. Love your family. credit card bill.